You know, it's been a great week, and sometimes you don't stop and really take an inventory of your week because you focus on negative things or challenging things or difficult things instead of focused on those things that are good that God has done in your life. The very fact that you're here, you're breathing, you're alive is a miracle of God. Amen? See, we walk in miracles every day that we don't acknowledge. And if you'll start setting the tone of your life every day with an attitude of real gratitude and the miracle working of God, what God is up to in your life, you're going to begin to see more and more of what he does in your life. You know, I'm going to start with a couple of scripture readings that are going to really tie all this together today because I'm going to talk about builders today. You know, we're, we're, we're calling our next 10 years uh, a, a time for builders, and I'm going to explain that in a minute, but just listen to some of these scriptures. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And that's that attitude. It is saying, I love being in the presence of God. I love knowing God and, and just being able to relate to God and touch God and feel God in my daily life and see his activity and what he's up to. Here's another one. For we know that if this earthly tent, this physical body is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. And here's the promise of not only what we have now, but it's a, a promise of God is going to do something even more in eternity. He's going to transform your physical body into a spiritual body that is eternal where we can live with him, dwell with him, and enjoy him and one another for all time. And then how about this scripture from Matthew 25 where Jesus makes this comment that we want to hear, every one of us want to hear this from his lips. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, God isn't looking for the smartest or the brightest. God is just looking for faithful servants who love him. And sometimes we overestimate what it means just to serve God, just to be grateful for God's hand. Um, as you probably have known or witnessed if you came in the front door, we're in the middle of building. Uh, some of our delay is a delay of materials, so it's not that we're trying to move slow. It's just that uh, we're trying to get it all started, and hopefully we're going to have the framers here, and they're going to knock that part of it off this week. But at the same time, we're buying a building, a $6 million building next door. So, you know, it's not like we don't have much going on in our world. But I want to show you a couple of pictures. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that I really wanted when we got ready to do this construction was we wanted a cross that could really be seen. And some of you, I'm going to re remind you a little bit, some of you are new, but we had someone complain from the community that we had a a eight-foot cross in one of the parking places. Now, it had only been there five years. It took him five years to figure out it was there. And, and so it was taking up a space that our CUP said we were supposed to put a car in. So I'm good friends with uh, the planning uh, guy down in Anaheim, Ted, and I called him up, and he said, look, let me see if I can find a variance. I said, no, I don't want to be that guy. I'll move the cross. So we took it, and we put it up high on the building, if you remember that right? And then that's when I decided we needed a real cross. And so um, I want to show you the construction of what's going on. These are some, some pictures, if you go to that next slide. Um, and uh, 
Craig over here, I know Craig, you didn't want any attention, but Craig is building this cross out of aluminum. This is Craig's first time at church uh, here at Influence, and uh, so this is a great way to kind of get introduced to the body. But uh, there's a couple more pictures. Let's just kind of go through those. And there's one more, I think. So it's 32 feet high. Now, let me put it in perspective. Our current building outside is 22 feet high. Do you think I'm going to make a point? You know, and Gary, who's been working with us, and Reagan, you know, those guys are great. I mean, they just, uh, uh, they've been overseeing this project. Uh, John's been doing electric. Jeff's been doing plumbing. But it's really amazing. But uh, I kept asking about the cross because we didn't have anybody to build the cross. And uh, he said, why do you always ask about the cross? I said, it's like Thanksgiving without a turkey. It's like circus without a tiger. I mean, you can't have a church without a cross. Amen. So anyway, so we're going to have a cross, and, and God is going to bless that part of what we're doing. You're going to have a whole new facade. We hope by the, this year, we hope it'll get done by this year, but uh, you know how things go sometimes. But you know, I want to talk to you about being a builder. And you know, some of you are builders with your physical hands, and some of you are building a uh, part of the spiritual. Some of you are doing both. But you know what builders do is they create a better future. You think about buildings like this one or the home you live in or the place you work or where you go to school, and all of those buildings are significant because they help to create a future for you and for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, and all the way around. And we're doing that here at Influence Church. Uh, last week, I told you that we're going to send some money to Sean Foyt, who was over in Iraq, working in refugee camps, teaching him to sing worship songs and leading him to Christ and found out that uh, some of them actually could play the guitar, and uh, he started teaching them worship songs, but they needed guitars. So they had to fly in guitars, so we sent them $3,000 to buy uh, 10 guitars, fly them in, and uh, I think all total they got 30 guitars. But I want to show you a little video from Sean uh, from Iraq telling us a thank you. Hey, Influence Church, I am here in northern Iraq, and I want to thank you a million times over for the funds that you gave. We are buying 10 guitars for refugees. They should arrive here in a couple days. And we are gonna fill the refugee camps with the song of the Lord with worship. So you guys in Orange County, we love you. And just know that your impact is being felt here in the farthest remote places in the world where the light of Jesus is going forth. Thank you so much. Amen. Isn't that great? And then a lot of you don't know that out back we have a food distribution center, and we've expanded that now. We, we feed the Boys and Girls Club. They are about 1,000 kids a week, and then we're going doing these pop-ups in different housing developments where we drive in, and in an hour we get rid of, uh, you know, probably 75, 100 boxes of food. And, uh, and, and, when, and then we're just trying to really minister in our community. But, you know... Uh, our daughter, Jen, heads up our, our program that does distribution and also does missions. By the way, the end of March, we're going to be going to Mexico and building some houses in Mexico. So if some of you want to go. But uh, it's kind of a family thing, uh, Jen said. So this is uh, uh, Gracie Bell and Ava Lee, and uh, uh, as she would say, her studly uh, husband, Brandon. And uh, there's Ava Lee. And then did we show the video already? There you go. So there's Gracie Bell. She's four, and she's taking food to people out back, uh, and that goes on from 9 to 10 every single Sunday right here on site. 
So, you know, when you stop to think about what are we building, we're building a lot of things. We're building buildings, we're building new facades, but we're building lives. We're building a mindset of generosity and service to our community, to our world. Amen? I want to take you to a miracle story in the book of Luke chapter 7. You know, the Bible is a book of miracles, and God wants to do miracles in your life, in our lives. This week, we, were, we went out and had dinner at, uh, at a new restaurant, and there was uh, Jose Hernandez, Melody's dad, and, and he was, uh, he's a very famous mariachi uh, player, band, singer, I mean, all that stuff. It's just amazing. And uh, they have a new restaurant in, uh, in Tustin. And I'm sitting there watching play the trumpet, and I remember back not too many months ago that uh, Melody had her wedding, and he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, uh, had COVID, and they basically said, go say goodbye. And I'm looking over at the miracle of this man standing up playing a trumpet. You see, this is what God does. God does miracles. And because you don't have one or somehow you, got, or you, you're, you missed a miracle doesn't mean he's not a miracle-working God. So the story that we're going to take to, and there's going to be many lessons and applications for you, it's, in, uh, it's a story of the centurion's servant. Now, when he concluded all of his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now, what's interesting about Capernaum, it was rich with the power of God. Eight major miracles took place in Capernaum. And so when he went into there, there was an expectation on the heart of people. And it says a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built a synagogue. Isn't it interesting? Those are the two things that they identified in Scripture of why Jesus should heal him. Number one, he loved his nation, and number two, he built a synagogue. And here is this builder, and here is this one who is giving back into his community. And I really believe what we have to do, and this is what the centurion did, we have to position ourselves for a miracle. And that happens with an attitude, it happens with, with a mindset, it happens with just believing God. Even, even when your doubt rises up, you say, I choose to believe God. And you do it with your heart, your mind, your spirit, even if your emotion sometimes tells you otherwise. And so we need to position ourselves for a miracle, and we need to involve ourselves, uh, involve others in the dream that you have. When you begin to have a dream that God's gonna do something, or when you have a need that God needs to do something in your life, Get people around you and say, would you join me in praying? Would you speak into me? Does God have a word for you? And has there been anything you've read, been reading in the word of God that might, might feed into my faith in this situation? And I always say, avoid people who, who want to kill your dream. They're always dream killers. You know, you tell them, yeah, I tried that. That didn't work. You know, or, yeah, I believe God, but, you know, he never came through. And, you know, those things just, they're like a sponge. They just dry up all the faith inside of you. And you have to push past that. And you might have to just kind of separate yourself from people who are negative and don't want to help you feed your faith. Because you need to also expand your vision. See, the thing about this centurion, here he has a servant, and he knew how valuable he was to him and how much he loved him and how, what he poured back in the community. And he said, 
He said, you know, I'm gonna expand my vision. Let's go see if Jesus can help us in this situation. Well, you know, in 2012, we started this church, and uh, we've been deeming the people that were part of that early, this first 10 years, as our pioneers. Because we really started with, with literally nothing. We started in a living room. And without even really plans to start a church. But God just began to stir. We began to see things happen. And then we went from, you know, from that one room, uh, living room. Then we went over to a one-room office. I just drove by it in Savvy Ranch. We were there one night. Then we went to El Rancho School, you know, the home of the coyote. When you go outside in the back, there's a big coyote in the back. We used to do outdoor services, and that was our backdrop, was a giant coyote. And then we went to the movie theater, and then we found this place, and we bought it. And you just kind of look and see how everyone was in a pioneering mode and seeing what God can do. You know, and then we're in this next decade, and I'm calling it Builders. And the builders are ones that are going to say, you know, I want to build, I, I, I want to build the body of Christ. I want to build buildings and I, that can serve people. I want to build up lives of people. We want to build our community. We want to be a friend to our community, a friend to our cities around us that we serve. And you know, so I, I'm going to show you a little video, drone video. Some of you've seen this. We're going to show it every week, probably until Jesus comes back. But I want you to see the building again. This is the building. It's got the wrong name on it right now. We're in escrow in this building right now, by the way. And I'm going to give you some details here in a minute. But uh, it's a two-story building. It's 22,000 square feet. Um, we already have a tenant on the first floor, so they pay most of the mortgage, which I like that. I, I like other people paying our mortgage. And then uh, just to kind of show you the proximity of, uh, of where we are to the building and a little bit up close. So you can see where the worship center is, and our ministry center is going to be just a stone's throw uh, to the right if you're facing the building. And so it's going to be really great. In fact, our plan is to, to buy more of those that down the road. Before I die, I want to see us buy all seven of them and occupy them for the kingdom of God. Amen. And then I've got one close-up picture, I think, of the building. You can kind of get a feel for it. We got the right name on this one this time. Photoshop is a wonderful thing. It doesn't just help your look on Instagram. It helps us too. Amen. So anyway, our, our initial plan was we've been shopping this loan, and our existing lender, which we, we don't like the rate, we don't like the terms, but right now it's the only one we have. But we had other lenders, and they said, well, you know, if you put 10% down because you already have... Now, this is for you finance nerds. You already have 62% loan-to-value, so we have $4.6 million in equity in this building. So we're in a really good place. We felt really good about it. And they said, so a couple of lenders said, yeah, you need 600000 And then we realized that all of the ones that said you need 600000 disappeared. And so we're left with the one lender we have for $1.2 million. So, uh, so the revised goal now is $1,205,000. You go, oh, you got to be kidding me. I, am so, I have never been more confident that we're going to reach this. So right now, we have $797,271. And, and just mark it down. We will raise this money. We will buy that building, and it will all be for the glory of God. You know, and, and I don't know... 
I don't know about you, you know, I get, to, I get the privilege, and I call it an honor, to hear the stories about people, you know, and, and how God moves in their heart. And I, I was out to dinner with a guy who had given us uh, a large check, and, and uh, he said, how are you coming on that? And I told him about this. He said, well, I'll go ahead and give you that same amount again, right? And then, uh, uh, and then I'm also amazed at the, the families of preschoolers who've sacrificially given great gifts. And, you know, I had a little family come up uh, last week. They got, you know, three kids, or one in the womb and, you know, two preschoolers, and they wrote a nice card and gave me a check. And then I got a lady who just got a new um, uh, home in a trailer park, and she wanted to give me her new address and sent a nice check in. And, and, and then, you know, people who send in, you know, smaller gift is $10. You say, well, that's not much. No, every, remember, it's equal sacrifice. It's not equal gift. You, it might, $10 might be a sacrifice for you. But thank you. You see, collectively, we all get to join in and be a part of what God is up to, amen? And then uh, I've been giving out my mold number. Everybody said this, I was crazy for doing this because not only do you see it and the people outside see it, but the entire world sees it because we live stream around the world. And, uh, and I said, just text me. If you want to be a part of this program and you want to make a donation, let me know. Uh, and uh, some people have, have done that, and they've also started asking me theological questions, and that's fine, and nobody's blown up my phone and, and, and pulled jokes and pranks on me, but I'm sure that's coming, but it's okay. You know, the kingdom of God is worth all the sacrifice we can pour into it, amen? Well, let me, let me take you a little bit deeper into the story of the centurion, and that is let your life be an example that others can follow. When you look at your life, would you, would you say people can follow my life and they'll be pleased and God will be pleased with their life? That should be the goal, amen? Now, I'm not saying you're perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. But ask yourself, is there something I could do to kind of move my life a little closer to the life of Jesus by way of example so that others would say, wow, I'm inspired in my faith by what I see you do and what I hear you say and how you live out your life. So in Luke chapter 7, in verses 6 and 8, Jesus went with them. Remember, they said, come, Jesus. And when they were already not far off from him, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. See the humility in this guy? Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but simply just say the word, and my servant will be healed. See, he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come home. I know that you're God. I know that you're powerful. Would you just speak the word and say, be healed? He said, for I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. What faith is that? Isn't that great, wonderful faith? And I think there's some lessons we can learn from this section, and that is walk in humility, Humility is always attractive, isn't it? Pride is never attractive. But walk in humility and let others see it and feel it and hear it in what you do and what you say. And then walk in faith. Have you ever doubted, Pastor? Absolutely. I fight doubt just as much as you fight doubt. But I press into it with faith. I don't let it overtake me. Just like fear. Do we have fear? Sure you have fear. But don't let it overtake you. Press into faith and not fear. Press into faith and not doubt. And just say, I just refuse to doubt. I'm gonna keep believing God regardless. And then walk in expectation. 
Just say, God, what are you gonna do today? I can't wait to see what God is going to do today. And expect to see the blessings of God come in your life. And then inspire others to trust God too. You know, it's always good to speak a word and say, have you trusted God today? You know, we greet people, how are you doing? Why not change your greeting a little bit and say, are you walking in faith today? Are you walking in the power of God today? Are you loving God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Are you doing what you need to do to trust God? Look what it says in the rest of the story here in Luke chapter 7. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Now, is this amazing? This centurion, he's telling him, just, just speak the word, and Jesus literally marvels. That word in the Greek means to stand with your mouth wide open in awe. He saw something that he didn't see in, in most people. He saw faith that was amazing, and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. So God worked, you see, in this situation through the faith of this one person. So what do we need to learn from that is let your faith inspire other people. You know, when you tell a story of faith to someone, you know what it does? It inspires faith in them. It's a testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when I tell you about a miracle and I, and I say, oh, this is a miracle, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, you know what you're doing? Like, wow, that's amazing. And you know what the first thing that happens? Your human spirit comes alive and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to say, you too can have a miracle. You too can have a miracle. Why not have a miracle? Don't, don't build a bridge to your past. That's what so many people do. They build a bridge so they can always go back to the things that didn't work in their life. No, no, no. Build a bridge to your future. Look and say, I think this is what God is going to do. Because you know what faith is? Faith is literally throwing a promise out there and then walking into the promise of God. It's future-oriented. It's throwing it out there. This is what God's going to do. I'm going to watch what God is going to do. And then live your, a life that others want to follow. Just live out that life. When, when people ask you, how are you doing? Don't say, well, pretty good under the circumstances. Have you heard that? I'm thinking, well, get out from underneath them. Right? That's a bad place to be, it sounds like. How about, I'm doing great and it's getting better. One of the greatest people of faith was my mentor when I was first saved. She was from Wales. She'd had over 50 major surgeries in her life. She was in intense pain, all, but I never heard a negative word out of her. I never heard a despairing word. I never heard anything but faith and praise to God. And I knew what she was going through. But you know, she determined that she was gonna live a life that others could follow. Because she knew there would be times when other people would live in difficulty and challenges, and maybe she could be an example even just through her suffering and through her difficulty. And God gave her a wonderful life in spite of her pain. And then enjoy the miracles of God. When someone tells you about a miracle, don't get, you know, say, well, where's mine? Rejoice in their miracle. Well, what did God do? Tell me more about that miracle. I want to hear about that. You know, it'll kind of rub off on you. You know, things rub off on you. Have you ever noticed that? Negativity, it rubs off, doesn't it? Doesn't positivity rub off? Faith rubs off. 
You see, when you hear something that God is doing, you know God is doing something miraculous. Let me tell you a, a cute story. I was uh, in San Antonio speaking a couple of weeks ago, and we got back late, and, and I had probably 50 voicemails without you know, the name, so they weren't in my directory. And I'm going through them, and I'm just trying to listen to them, and I'm late. It's taken me like four extra days to listen to all these and follow up on all the emails that I was getting. And there was this email, and it said, uh, Hey, Pastor, I was watching online, and I noticed that, uh, that you, uh, you needed some money for that building. And can you call me? So I called him up, and he said, uh, Hi, Pastor. Hey, I didn't hear from you in so many days. I just figured you didn't need any more money. And I'm thinking, well, that's not the case. And he says, well, you know, he said, I don't know if you remember this, but it's probably been a year ago. You said, you know, somebody in this church is going to make a lot of money. And then you pointed at me. And I said, well, I remember saying it, but I don't remember pointing at you. He says, well, God blessed me in a great way. And I want to give you $100,000 for your building program. Now, let me ask you a question. What would have happened had I not talked about it, had I not given out my mobile number, had I not followed up on the voicemail? I mean, it was, it'd be easy not to follow up on, that, on a voicemail. Just go, I don't know any of these people. I'm, but then I remember, wait a minute, I'm giving this out worldwide. I better listen. So, you see, involved in that is you have to take initiative in your miracles. You have to follow up on your miracles, and you have to stay with the miracles you're expecting God for. Amen? You see, so don't give up. Don't think, you know, it's, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's all over. It's never over. Just keep seeing God. And God may, may tweak your miracle in a way that you don't understand. But you know what the Bible says? God is preparing in us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all expectation. Do you realize what God's doing in you today? You may not fully understand until eternity. And then when you get, stand before Jesus and he's going to open your eyes, he's going to reveal all these things to you, you're going to go, now it all makes sense. It didn't make sense then. You see, it doesn't have to make sense in its entirety for you to trust and believe and walk in the power of God. Amen? And when you sow in faith, you're going to reap from your faith. Amen? All right, stand with me right now and just bow your heads. I want to I pray with you and for you today. And as I'm praying, I just want to read through the miracles that happen at Capernaum. These will be familiar stories to many of you, but just listen. Just, and as I'm reading them through, just begin to call out your miracle to God. In Luke 4, he cast out an evil spirit from a man. In Luke 4, a demon said, you are the Holy One of God, acknowledging Jesus. Simon's mother-in-law was instantly healed at Capernaum. The Bible says all the sick of Capernaum were healed in Luke 4. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead in Luke 8. A paralyzed man was healed in Mark chapter 2. Jesus has a miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter 5. And then the centurion's servant was healed in Matthew 5 and Luke 7. As you just listen to those miracles, that's eight major miracles that Jesus did in one city because of their expectation of faith. 
I don't know what you're believing God for right now, but I want you just to speak it out loud. Just, just whisper it out wherever you stand or sit. Just speak out that miracle you want to see. It might be for a relationship. It might be for a job. It might be uh, for solving a conflict at work. But just speak out and say, God, I want this miracle. God, this is the miracle I need. This is, this come, the first thing that comes to my mind is this. And now just thank God, thank God for beginning the work of solving the problem and answering your prayer. Just thank him right now. Just all over this room, you should be thanking God out loud. Just speak it out loud. God, thank you for the miracle working of your spirit. Thank you, God, for my miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Did you just say it? Say it out loud right now. You've got to speak it. Speak it out. Let the words of your mouth be life. Speak life over your life. Speak life over your world, over all that God is doing. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor.